How many of you feel just a little bit less stressed out after listening to that very beautiful choral anthem? Thank you so much, choir. And uh, Curtis, do you just want to have a seat up here? Or, yeah, yeah, why don't you have a. Let me not separate this blessed union between you two. So, uh, I'm reading today. And so I will just step out of the way as quickly as possible and proceed to do precisely that. So first, and this is important, the man standing here reading these words is not me. I have more hair, but he does have a better voice. My wife and I have been members at this church for 35 years, so most of you know me pretty well. However, I am happy that we have quite a few new faces in our family of faith who haven't heard me brag on myself yet. The Lord has certainly blessed our community of believers and He has blessed me. Early in my life, I felt that my major choices and decisions were not made by me. That feeling didn't trouble me because most of what happened in my life was pretty good. In fact, I felt lucky. Years later, I came to realize that my life was not lucky, but blessed. God, the Holy Spirit, was leading me, sometimes dragging me. It would take way too long to go over all the highs and lows, like how I was tricked into going to an expensive private Christian liberal arts college, even though I had no money, and how I went from being raised as a Pentecostal got many hours of Bible classes in Presbyterian college, although I majored in elementary education, and then ended up as a Baptist. God was busy messing with me. I meant, actually, blessing me. So, please join me in reading today's Scripture. It says, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. From the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33. So Debbie and I met in college and got married in 1982. This is Curtis talking, not me. We moved here in Jackson, Mississippi in 1988 with our two beautiful daughters and joined this wonderful church family. And as I got a little older, my early 30s, I began to feel like I had a handle on understanding life. Man, was I stupid. I thought I knew about trouble in life because when I was 18, my father was diagnosed with a severe form of schizophrenia. It was a difficult, miserable, ugly time. For a time, I became the main breadwinner for the family, which includes seven younger brothers and sisters. My parents had no health insurance or savings. We lost almost everything we owned. It was my first experience with doubt and even anger toward God. But God got me through it, and I began to understand a little about grace. I'm going to jump ahead and basically make a list of events that God used to teach me about faith and trusting Him 
in all circumstances. In 1997, I was diagnosed with tonsil cancer. I had surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation. It was not fun. It was painful and exhausting. I had to be on a food pump constantly. So I was stuck at home unless I was getting treatments. Even the healing process was painful. But God blessed me through the entire process. He gave me peace that I would get through this. And I spent a lot of time reading my Bible, especially the Psalms. The people in this church and the community around blessed me and my family with prayers, love, and with their hands. Their actions proved their faith and love. It was the best part of having cancer. There was no crisis of faith. It strengthened my faith. But I had a lot to learn. In 2012, we experienced our greatest and most difficult crisis. Our youngest daughter, Kimberly, took her life. She was 27. We were totally unprepared. For me, the guilt was overwhelming. Dads are supposed to protect their children. I failed at that. Dads are supposed to fix things. It's irrational, but for a long time that thought hung with me. How do I fix this? And I struggled with God. I felt betrayed. How could God allow this? I was angry. I came into this room, this sanctuary, and I yelled at Him. Sure, I accepted His will, but He was wrong. This hung with me for a long time. God was silent. And later I realized that His silence was actually His patience. I eventually realized that He was always with me. He knows what it's like to lose a child. My recovery started with a very good friend, Joel Snow. He talked with me and convinced me to see a very good psychiatrist. I was diagnosed with depression and PTSD. He recommended medication and counseling. And the Lord drew me back to Himself. God used doctors, medicine, good friends, and prayer, and His love to heal me emotionally and spiritually. The ultimate grace that the Lord gave me at that time was that I could trust Him completely. That I can say with David, He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. From Psalm 91, verse 2. And with Job, though He slay me, yet I will hope in Him. In my mind, it came down to this. I had to choose between despair and hope. By the power and grace of God's Holy Spirit, I chose hope. Am I perfect in my faith now? A superstar of faith? Far from it. Just ask my wife. 
but I am a recipient of God's grace. I'm not strong. I am weak on my own. Any strength I have comes from Him. Moving on. In 2016, I had extensive surgery for cancer on my throat. This was the cancer that cost me my voice box and the ability to eat normally. I had to blend and drink all my food. I also lost about 140 pounds, but that all, all of that was not in my throat. My teaching career ended. I had taught 5th through 8th grade for 33 years, as well as many years teaching adult discipleship classes here at church. Teaching was the gift that the Lord gave me, and now it was over. Or so I thought. After two weeks in the hospital, I was sent home. Two days later, I was back in the hospital after passing out and having a seizure at home. The day after I was admitted, my car carotid artery, I don't know if I pronounced that, car carotid, carotid artery, they don't tell you this, but when you go into ministry, you're supposed to get a medical degree also. Um, my carotid artery hemorrhaged, and I was rushed into emergency surgery. The Lord was very good to me. If anything on the timeline had been different, I likely would not have survived. I was literally in my surgeon's hands when I hemorrhaged. I spent two more weeks in the hospital. I had necrotizing fasciitis, flesh-eating bacteria, and it cost me my carotid artery in my neck. I finally went home again. I would like to say that everything went smoothly. The truth is I was scared. The trauma of the surgeries was not only physical, but also psychological. God used my wife, Debbie. I don't know if she knew how afraid I was. She usually knows what I'm thinking and feeling. She was patient and gradually and gently moved me forward. With her encouragement, I gradually lost my fear. Still, it took me a long time to get over it. Debbie was patient. She urged me to walk around the house and eventually to walk to the mailbox, about 250 feet. After some time, she got me to start wearing something other than my bathrobe. She bathed me with washcloths and dry shampoo until I got my device to cover my stoma, and I started taking very quick and careful showers. God used Debbie to give me courage and confidence. When I served as a deacon after the surgeries, I helped to serve communion. Since I can't eat, I have to pass on partaking of the bread, which often made me feel self-conscious as I stood in front of the church. Then one Sunday as I was serving, it came to me that the next time that I will eat normally will be in the presence of Jesus. I picture Jesus on the shore after He had risen, preparing fish for His disciples. I won't go so far as to say that this thought came from God, but it felt like it. I don't know that we will even eat in heaven. That's not the point. I think it's just my understanding that one glorious day, I will be in the presence of Christ and everything will be alright. Whatever the source of this realization, that day I stood in front of the church with tears of joy in my face.
In 2018, I was diagnosed with cancer for the third time. I was treated with chemo and another 36 radiation treatments, bringing my total to 72. God used these treatments to get rid of the cancer once again. I want to add that I have tried to get the surgeons to amputate my neck since that is where I have all my problems, but I don't think that's covered by insurance. (laughs) So the radiation cured my cancer, but radiation never goes away. It has brought on several medical issues. One of the most recent is that I lost my ability to swallow food, so now I use a feeding tube for all of my food. One benefit, though... My food comes by prescription and insurance pays for it. So we're saving money on groceries. <laughs> In 2022, our youngest granddaughter, Jail, died. She was three years and five months old. She was born with some issues in her brain formation. She had several physical difficulties, but she was our joy and a special gift from God. We miss her and her joy of life, but we rejoice in the knowledge that she is whole and happy with our Savior. Our lives will continue to change and we will have to adapt. We face a lot of challenges. It's life, living one day at a time, trusting God and thanking Him for the certain hope that He provides. People sometimes tell me that I'm an inspiration. That confuses me and makes me uncomfortable. I don't have any great inspirational qualities. I just haven't died and I haven't rejected God. I still go to church and I do what I can. The Lord surprised me by calling me back into teaching First, I was able to go uh, uh, work with Dale Raymond during, during COVID with our, our Zoom Sunday school. I could help and I could write. I appreciate Dale for finding a way that I could be useful. Now I serve as the teaching director for the local community Bible study, the class that meets in this church. I write the lectures that are used each week and volunteers read them to the class. A few years ago, I could not imagine that God would use me as a teacher again. But the Lord is good at surprises and calling unlikely people to His service. No, I am nothing special. I think people like me better since I lost my ability to speak. When people praise me, I try to indicate that It is God's grace, and I mean it. Without God, I am nothing. I am weak and hopeless. With the power and grace of God's Holy Spirit, I have hope and strength granted by Christ. This does not mean I can just sit back and wear my halo. Being a Christ follower means serving when and where you can. In John 16.33, Jesus says that in Him we will have peace. And then in the same sentence, says we will have trouble. In this world, 
We live in this fallen, broken world. A world full of sorrow and pain. A world that is broken because of our rebellion against the Holy God. There are consequences to sin, both in the Garden of Eden and even now in our personal lives and the lives around us. But in Him, Jesus says, we have peace because He has overcome the world. He has overcome sin and all its consequences. He has overcome temptation pain, suffering, sorrow, guilt, and death. He has overcome the snake in the garden. Satan is defeated and doomed to the eternal fires of hell. As Christ followers, we have a peace beyond all understanding. A peace that makes no sense to unbelievers. We have a peace that does not depend on our circumstances. It is a peace in spite of them. We have a peace that does not come from our own strength of mental fortitude, of moral character. It comes only from God's grace. Because of Jesus, we have peace with our holy God. We have the certain hope of eternity with Him. This peace, this joy, it's not dependent on our emotions. Our emotions are physiological, okay? A nice cup of coffee or a bowl of ice cream can make me happy, okay? The peace that God grants us is much deeper than our emotions. I can have peace with God and be unhappy with circumstances. The difference is one of perspective. What controls my thoughts and actions? With God's grace and the power of His Holy Spirit, we can be at peace, knowing and above all, trusting our Savior. One day, all tears and pain will be gone. All believers will be united with Christ. So take heart, Jesus says, because Jesus has overcome the world. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Curtis. Let me say a prayer for us. Loving and generous God, I give thanks for the testimony of Curtis Kaler. I'm not thankful for the things that life has done to him. But I am thankful for the way that you have wasted none of it in his life. I'm thankful, Lord, that you have never given up on him. I'm thankful that you have never left him or forsaken him, not for one second. I'm thankful that no matter what we go through in life, there is just incredible hope in the name of Jesus. No matter what we go through. God, I pray that if anyone here today is walking through the fire, that they will see the thing that they cannot see, which is your faithfulness in it. That you are still there with them and for them. And you will pull them through it. 
So God, this morning, collectively, all of us, we, we, we make a choice no matter what we're going through, no matter what scars we carry in our bodies, we choose to trust in You even still. We love You. It's in the name of Jesus we pray these things. Amen.